Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hi everyone, welcome to Q. Hope you're doing well. I want to welcome Gillian and Caroline from Ireland. It's lovely to have you with us. Hope you enjoy your visit. Um, it's nice you've popped in. And we hope that Q just gives something to you today. Um, we're sorry about the sound on that, but sometimes you find things that are saying such wonderful stuff and you have to be willing to forego the quality. I just thought, oh, it's a bit weird. But the stuff that was being said was great. And um, after what we've been talking about, uh, you know, these last few weeks, about our inability to really determine what's good and bad, because we do, we make judgments and we decide a thing is good or we decide a thing is bad and uh, we're not really qualified for that at all. And I think we learned a lot last week with the little statement of the Chinese farmer who said, who knows, we'll see. I hope some of you have maybe practiced that a little bit this week um, in those times when you've been struggling or about to make a sweeping judgment and you've actually thought, oh, hang on a minute, who knows, uh, we'll see. So, um, as it was said in the, um, uh, the, the What's On video at the beginning, we're pursuing a little bit tonight on uh, our understanding of seasons because we thought that this was just a good way to wrap up uh, this season of Q. We're about to take a little bit of time out for the holidays and you can see we're pretty thin tonight because there's a lot of people away, but that's okay. Um, but it's, it's a good place to sort of wrap things up and actually... Uh, just focus a little bit on what do we mean by seasons. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm a summer girl and I would chase the summer all year long if I could because I don't like the cold unless I'm skiing and that's different because it's purposeful. You know, you get wrapped up in all of that. But I really do love the sunny weather and I, I like um, just the sun. But you recognise that if we had one season all year round, it wouldn't do us much good. But then we often act as though the only season that should be is summer. Um, and sadly, and it might be, you know, Anthony's going to bring us something later, um, that often in, in Christian circles, because we were brought up very much that uh, Christianity was about uh, being poor in spirit and having sort of a poverty mindset, the, the, uh, the, there was a swing of evangelical prosperity gospel that came along that sort of suggested that if you weren't being prosperous all the time, something was wrong. And it would be, where's your faith if everything isn't wonderful all the time? And I'm sorry about that because it made people get the wrong idea about life and also about their faith and what it meant uh, to be one with creator and creation because 
the seasons give us a wonderful lesson. Uh, and what was said in that first um, uh, uh, video really touched me, the fact that if we don't take advantage of our springs, we will not be harvesting very much in our autumn. Now, some people might say, hang on a minute, what are you saying? Is it a reward, punishment sort of uh, lesson you're giving us tonight? Not at all, because we would never dream in this place of suggesting that we can live a particular way that causes us to be more blessed by God or less blessed by God. We actually believe that you and we all are absolutely and totally one. Uh, just like Jesus said, I and the Father are one. But there are things that we can do in our seasons in order to get the best out of our lives. And so we want to make sure that that's, you know, we bring that lesson tonight so you can get the best. Uh, I know for me, that over this last 15 years, I have spent a lot of time reading and some people might say, well, what are you reading for? Another book. Because I believe that that's part of my spring. Because when I read, I am planting seeds within me that I trust are going to bring a harvest later on because I, I love to read. Now, here's the thing. Um, a wonderful picture, caterpillars and butterflies is something that we relate to when it comes to our understanding of seasons. And but when people talk about caterpillars becoming butterflies, they sort of talk about it as though they just go into a cocoon and they slap on some wings and they're good to go. And uh, that couldn't be further from the truth because caterpillars have got to be willing to trust a process of absolute horror and absolute fear because they must dissolve themselves almost into a mush um, and go into that that transformation uh, and basically die to everything that they've understood in order to come out uh, the other side. But what's interesting is what the caterpillar might think is the end of the world. Actually, the creator calls a butterfly. And it's been amazing this week. Um, you know, Connie and I and, and Riley were catching butterflies in the garden. Uh, on our, we've got loads of self-set buddlias. I didn't realise they're self-set, but apparently they do. They're everywhere. They're coming up everywhere. But it actually means we've got a garden full of butterflies, and it's such a wonderful thing. And I was going to bring a picture because I had one on my hand, and I brought it right up to my face, and it didn't move. And I had this wonderful picture of this beautiful peacock butterfly. And when you looked at it, you recognised that that is a picture of transformation. And that's really what we're talking about at Q. Each week as we come together, we want you to experience transformation. And that transformation is going to take place over and over and over again, because just like the seasons, they are inevitable and uh, you can't get away from them, but they can be managed. And we want to help you with that tonight. So if you feel you're in a bit of a mess right now, just hang in there. Give yourself some time because the caterpillar goes into that cocoon. It wraps itself up in what seems like a, a full body bandage. But there will be a moment, a season will come of transformation and it will see its day and it will have its season and it will fly. So it can be tempting to want to be in a different season than the one that we are presently in. But the thing to do is make sure you're utilising each season 
as it's meant to be. And we're going to be hear a bit more about that tonight. But just for a bit of fun for the kids, because we don't sort of split our kids off into uh, other things. There's a wonderful clip here that we think you'll enjoy. Because uh, Olaf, if you remember the snowman from uh, um, Frozen, he longs for the summer. But he doesn't quite realise that that's not such a good idea. So we thought we'd just have a moment before we move on to, to talk about other things. So thank you. You need to watch the rest of the movie to see what happened in summer. Just a carrot, two sticks... I'm sure that Olaf uh, there from Frozen might not agree, <clears throat> but I'm sure that every butterfly would agree that every season brings with it unique opportunities for growth, for fruitfulness, for regeneration. If you haven't figured it yet, there is a time when the leaves need to die when the seed needs to find root, when the roots need to spread, when the branches need to be strong enough to hold fruit, and then the fruit will come, unquestionably, no doubt, but then also the fruit needs to fall and be enjoyed so that the cycle can start again. The, the wisdom of, of the Bible narrative in Genesis says this, as long as the earth remains, how long? Long as the earth remains, summer and winter, seed time and harvest will continue. Why is it then that we are so oblivious in our own lives to a process that in wisdom is established for us before we get into anything else? Right at the very beginning, if you love the Bible, right at the very beginning of the narrative, it's telling you right there, as long as the earth remains, summer and winter, seed time and harvest. Now, you need to understand that is not just a process by which we look at trees and flowers, but it's a process that also transitions into everything that happens in our lives. So every season brings with it different opportunities and unique opportunities. And when we take those opportunities, they always produce growth. They always produce fruitfulness. And I love the third one. They always produce regeneration. Nature is regenerating itself on a seasonal basis. Before you leave here tonight, if we have a conversation, you will have breathed me into your lungs. And I will have breathed you, and will have breathed the mixture of everybody else who happens to be in here, because your skin is even right now, at this moment, regenerating, and the dust particles that you begin to see in the bright lights are actually the people that are sat around you on most of the occasions. We are more integrated than we would like to believe, and we are more cannibalized than we would ever choose to be, because something is going on. Now, the process of that is the process of regeneration 
mentioned the number of times that your body will regenerate its cells over your lifetime is incredible because this is not just something that happens in plants and flowers, it's something that happens in us. The greater lesson is, if that is true, those seasons also happen to us emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, sociologically, physiologically, any other logically that you would like to, to, to mention. So if we do not cooperate with the process and we try to interfere with the process that wisdom tells us as long as the earth remains will go on, the process will not do for us what the process could do for us. So then we become a victim of our unwillingness to participate in the process which is the seasons. Now, as Chris already said, I, I am reluctant because we moved so far away in, in our repurposing of, of this house from the old pagan idea that seeped into Christianity that the gods are angry, the gods must be appeased, you'll be rewarded for doing good, you'll be punished for doing bad. So we've been very conscious not to try and build a house or build your mindset that is one of, of reward and punishment. However, take those two words out of your mind. Is the tree rewarded when it fruits in the summer? Is it punished when the leaves die in the winter? The answer is no, but does it happen? Yes, it does, because there is a process. There is a process by which you will flourish in life, and there is a process by which you will not flourish in life, and that is not in someone else's control. The elements that create that are in their control, but how you position yourself within that process is in your control. Now, we're also too prone to allocate the issues of life to categories of good and bad. Oh, that was really bad. Do you hear what happened? Oh, it was terrible. It's really bad. Do you hear what happened? Oh, that's really good. And I understand why we do that. And, and, and those words might be appropriate in the context. But we're so prone to allocate the issues of life to good and bad rather than allocating the issues to seasons. Well, this is a season. And if it's a season, seasons change. Seasons have within them the power for regeneration. And if I cooperate with the seasonal process and not call it good or bad, because if we call the thing bad, we try to escape it when we should endure it. If we call the thing good, we run after it when we should be waiting for it. And so we miss the power of the seasons that work very powerfully in our own lives. Now, freak events may from time to time overtake us. Nobody's denying that. Stuff you didn't choose. Freak events happen in nature. You know, Chris was just watching the tsunami in the Far East uh, yesterday. Freak things happen in nature, and they're horrible. Sometimes freak events overtake us, but there is an answer in each season which might not appear always at the beginning of the season, and that's not to say that we should just accept everything that happened to us, but once a thing has happened, remember hope does not exist in the past. Hope cannot change the past. Hoping that never happened doesn't bring us to a new day. The tree doesn't hope it hadn't lost its leaves. It says, if I can endure this winter and put my roots down and turn my head to the sun, the time will come when I'll grow back leaves and I'll become strong and I'll become fruitful again. I remember uh, in 1980 when Mount St. Helens in the, in the northwest of the US exploded, the volcano blew the side out of the mountain. I happened to fly over it 
uh, about four months after the explosion and the whole side of the mountain was missing. It was barren, it was horrible, trees were flattened, it was covered in lava and people were saying, oh, it'll take a hundred years to recover. Guess how long it took? Less than ten. And I flew over it again and I watched as that mountainside began to regenerate and the animals came back and, and the greenery grew and everybody was stunned because even in the soil of the volcanic eruption, as it broke down on the surface, it provided such nutrition that then within that nutrition, it began to regenerate and life began to show up. So there's a wisdom in understanding a couple of things, that seasons do not create a perpetual harvest. And nobody in here who is going to be in perpetual harvest any more than nature is going to be in perpetual harvest. Seasons don't create a perpetual harvest, but harvest will come perpetually when you operate within the seasons. The second thing, we are not all in the same season at the same time. That becomes a problem, and then we can't empathize with each other. You might be in your winter and I'm in my summer, so I don't need to be saying to you, well, if only you were as full of faith as me, if only you believe like I believe, you must have done something wrong, because look, look how the sun's shining. That's horrible. We need to realize we're in different seasons at different times, and then we can help one another in that process. In the same way that right now, while we're in summer in the northern hemisphere, it's winter in the southern hemisphere. I would hate to have Christmas in shorts with shrimp on the barbie, which not many Aussies eat, but of course everybody who's not Australians think all they do is eat shrimp on the barbie. Nor would they like to be in the snow at Christmas time. It's weird. So they enjoy their season, we enjoy, but, but whether you're south or north, the seasons still operate the same. So one last thing before I finish this little uh, segment. In, in California, uh, in Yosemite and around that area, they have the, the giant sequoia trees, which grow to 300 feet in height, and many of them are more than 3,000 years old. They've seen a few things come and go. They've lived through a few seasons and they're still here, still growing, still producing. But one of the interesting things which you'll see in our next video is that those giant sequoias that are so majestic need fire to survive and prosper. Wow. I like that we get to play some of these videos because it helps us to realize that um, that the church and Christianity does not have the monopoly on wisdom. And uh, in the same way, I would like others to embrace the wisdom that we share. I want to be humble enough to embrace the wisdom that others share. And I'm still so very tempted to come with tape on my head one of these weeks. I just the white tape. Just The three verses in the Bible that... Um, I think are very interesting. Let me just draw your attention to them. In James chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crops, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. That's kind of pulled out of the book of Joel in the Old Testament, chapter 2, verse 23 and 24, where it says, Be glad, people of Zion, rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. And he sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains. Get that in your mind, autumn and spring rains as before. 
Uh, I love the promise when he taught that great song. We'll sing that again when we get back. That was a new song. Now that you've heard it, you'll be able to sing it just like that, which is brilliant. <clears throat> this is the promise. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. There is a promise about this that we're trying to draw you to. This is not about you know, trying to get you to understand that, you know, just accept your winters because winters will always be here. Summers bring something with them. In nature, they bring something with them. And what it is, is grain and vats that overflow with wine and oil. So there's a, there's a, there's, there's a prosperity, there's, there's something that happens there on our behalf. Now, now, what I want to say about that is that this links with, do you remember a few weeks ago when we talked about echoes? And we talked about how echoes only occur where, where sound hits something hard and flat. And an echo is the sound of the past. No echo is ever a sound of the present. It's always a sound of the past. It is echoing back to you something that has been said, something that is said, something about your life in the past. It's being echoed back. But echoes don't happen where the sound hits something soft. That's one, of my, that's one of my beliefs about the purpose of the cross and Jesus on the cross and becoming human flesh is that the, the echo of all our failures hit the soft flesh of Jesus on the cross so that they could no longer speak back to us with condemnation and shame and humiliation because they were absorbed in the softness of his flesh. That's why Jesus had to become flesh to stop the echo of the past. But you see, echoes happen in our lives when we keep hearing those echoes because somewhere in our hearts there is a hardness and a flatness that allows that echo to do what it's doing. Now, this is a parallel with that because if you know the topography, I brought that word in because it makes me sound very intelligent and I like it, it's a lovely word, topography. If you know the topography of the, of the, the land where this, this, these three verses are talking about, and you know that there in the Middle East, particularly in Israel, where these are being spoken about, that much of the land is hilly and rocky as well as soil. And the issue is that there are two rains that come. I believe God's graciousness sends them not just to prosper them, but to teach us a lesson. So you have the spring rains and you have the, you have the autumn rains and you have the spring rains. What's called in old terms the early and the latter rains is how we were raised with it. And the issue is we were wrongly taught from the book of Joel that uh, what would happen in, you know, what we believe was end times is that all this rain would come at once, which is stupid and shows you never understood what this was about. You see, the early rains came because after the heat of summer, the ground becomes so hard, it's baked like a rock. If you were to try and sow seed in that, you first of all couldn't, and if you did manage to get the seed, you wouldn't get it deep enough to survive because when the heavy rains, the later rains, the spring rains came, they would simply run off the hard ground into the rivers, into the streams, into the sea, and no benefit would be felt whatsoever because the ground would be too hard to retain the rain that was falling. Therefore, the spring rains, the sprinklings are very, very important. Let me say something. I believe every Sunday when we gather here, we're trying to put some spring rain on your life. We don't claim to have the magic words to revolutionize who you are. 
or no special powers to change that. But what we do have is the sprinkling rain to soften your heart, to soften your mind, to soften your life, to soften your understanding, that if you will allow that sprinkling rain to get to the hard parts in you, it will soften them up so that then seed that is planted goes deep. And then when the pouring rain comes, instead of it running off your life and you missing out on the blessing of that harvest, it will saturate you in such a way that the seeds of life that were already in you will spring up and you will be fruitful. But the point is, if you miss the spring rains, if you don't allow the softening, just like the echo comes off the hard thing, if you don't allow your ground, the ground of your heart, to be softened, then it cannot receive the seed that is the one that will regenerate to bring life. When the rains come, the rains will not saturate you. The blessing rains, the helpful rains. So I want to encourage you tonight to let the sprinklings of what's been said tonight soften you. Let it soften you so that the seed that is coming into you can find some root so that somewhere down the path from here, you will see that starts to spring up. And then when you hit the place where actually it's pouring goodness on your life, you realise that that seed will pop through and there will be freedom, there will be change, there will be fruitfulness. The whole essence of who you are will be revolutionised. So let me give you a little call to action. Um, just one little story. Now I've told you about preacher stories Every preacher's story, when the preacher says this is a true story, take you with a pinch of salt, because I've been a preacher for a long time, and we all think the stories are true. The reason we believe the stories are true, because we like them so much that anything that suggested it wasn't true, we weren't going to listen to anyway. So this is a true story, genuinely true story, uh, he said. There's a guy called George Mallory who was at a similar time to Edmund Hillary. I don't know if you know who Edmund Hillary was. Edmund Hillary was the first man to climb Mount Everest. And um, George Mallory was a mountaineer at the same time. And the story is told that he had attempted to climb Everest and he'd been several times and he'd failed and members of their group had died. And uh, the story is told that when George Mallory came back to London to meet with his sponsors and they met in a, in a, a hall in London and uh, behind him there was a, a, a picture of Mount Everest. And Mallory said to the crowd, he, 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 he said, look, he said, I, we, we may have done this but I need you to know something. And then he turned and he looked at the picture of the mountain and he's reported to have said that Mount Everest, we came against you once and we failed. I came against you twice and failed. I came against you three times and I failed. But one of these days I will come against you and I will succeed because you can't get any bigger, but I can. See, this is the same thing about the seasons. The seasons, when handled correctly, will make you bigger and make you stronger so that the Mount Everest that you could not climb, the, the habit you could not deal with, the memories you could not resolve, the weaknesses and the shame that you couldn't get rid of, they can't get any bigger, but the truth is you can, and the seasons make us bigger. And when we engage the seasons in the grace that's been put within the seasons, and we become bigger, every mountain in our lives can be overcome. Let me say this in closing. Seasons are never just working towards addition. They're always working towards multiplication. Have you noticed that? 
Seasons are never just working towards addition. They're always working towards multiplication. When the apple tree drops a seed and the seed finds its place in the ground, it does not add another apple tree to the process of life. It adds an apple tree that will bear apples year after year. So the process is, it doesn't work towards just addition, it always works towards multiplication. If you will grasp the truth of seasons, it will not work in additions in your life, it will work in multiplication in your life. Here's what Jesus said about it. He said, when the good seed finds good soil, it produces 30, 60, or 100 times what it was that was planted in the first time. How many of you hope for a 30, 60, or 100 times multiplied return and blessing in your life? That's what Jesus talked about. If the seed is understood and received into the ground that's had the showers going on it to make it soft enough to say, I'll take a hold of this and let the seed do its work in the darkness and through the seasons until it says, there you go, here's the multiplication. I want you to believe for that tonight. So how do I get bigger? I get bigger by embracing the seasonal nature of life. That's a decision you need to make tonight, whether you're in winter, spring, summer, or fall. You need to embrace the seasons of life and the grace that flows through them, knowing what is the outcome when you're in those seasons. How do I get bigger? By allowing myself to be softened so that the rains of harvest are not wasted. In the context of sound, softness is the key to today. In the issue of soil, softness is the key to multiplication. In the issue of humanity in our hearts, softness is the key to multiplication in the seasons. I believe unseen sometimes and yet seen at other times. Sometimes we're conscious of it, sometimes we're unconscious of it. I believe the Spirit of God is always working to do something very particular and it's to bring a softness within us by the challenges, the things we read, the things that happen, we things to see, that we can allow those to make us soft. Now do bear in mind that wax is a funny thing because you put wax out in the sun and it softens. You put wax in the fridge and it hardens. It all depends where you keep that same thing as to what it will be. If you subject your heart to the blazing sun without understanding the seasons, then it will harden. But if you will subject it, sorry, if you'll subject your heart to the freezing cold and you won't open up and you won't allow yourself to be accessed and you won't appreciate the realm of your spirit, your heart and the role of God, then it will just harden. But if you'll expose it to the warmth and you expose it to the sun, then it will soften. The key to all of this is a soft heart. I can't soften your heart. That's something outside of my control. I can't, in some ways, I, I can't soften my heart. I, I can only make it accessible to what has been promised that comes, that softens the heart, that comes from outside, that comes from God, that comes upon us. But I can choose to put myself in the place where I say, soften my heart and position don't have a protective umbrella that keeps the spring rains off you. 
How many of you know those rains are irritating? I don't like rain at the best of times, I'll be honest, I don't do rain. But you know those rains where it's really fine, but you get really wet. And it's like really irritating because of how wet you get with what seems to be so little moisture. The process of our softening, we can feel, can sometimes be irritating because it's like that soft rain just pouring, 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 wanting to get through, but it's for a reason, so that the softness of your heart lets the seed that's coming into you do what it's supposed to do, and then the end of that is not addition. It's always, always, always multiplication. Let me pray for you. I pray that in here tonight we will be a people with hearts that are softened by the spring rains of your goodness and your presence so that the seed that you are planting within us will grow, that we won't be hard so that when your flood of goodness comes it simply runs off us and we never notice it, but we'll be soft so that when that goodness hits our lives it will saturate us and seep into us and bring the joy of the 30, 60, 100 fold return that you said would happen when the seed is in that good ground. I pray every heart, every life in here will receive that and we will be soft to receive through the goodness of the seasons in our own life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.